0: Our reading this evening is Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar, and the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is, the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Ufaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning— his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone, saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. And came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. King Hezekiah was one of the good kings. He reigned during the prophetic times of Isaiah. He was a good king, one of the few in the tribe of Judah. But even Hezekiah struggled in the way that so many of us do. Struggled with weakness, struggled with hopelessness, struggled with foreboding about the future. There was a time when Hezekiah became sick, and he prayed. He prayed that God would heal him from his sickness, and God granted his prayer. You can have more life, more days ahead, and Hezekiah was glad. But then another day came when Hezekiah welcomed into his kingdom the Babylonians. They had sent an envoy, and he was welcoming them in and showing them all the treasures of his kingdom. And the prophet came to Hezekiah and said, what have you done? Isaiah came and said, who, what, who did you welcome in here to show all of these treasures to? And Hezekiah said, well, it was the Babylonians. I was being a good host, welcoming them in. And Isaiah said, there's coming a day when those Babylonians will come and carry off into Babylon all these treasures that you have shown them, all of the precious things in the temple. They'll carry them off, and they'll carry off God's people. And Hezekiah took it all to heart, and here's what he said. The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, why not, if there will be peace and security in my days? Hezekiah didn't seem to mind so much that the Babylonians were coming, that they were going to conquer the people of Israel. He didn't care so much because he thought, I will have peace and security in my days. That will happen after I am dead and gone That will be their problem, it's not mine. The word of the Lord is good. Let it be according to your word. Hezekiah was resigning himself really to the grave and resigning God's people to the future that laid in store for them because of their wickedness. Now I tell you this story because I want you to contrast that with Daniel in our lesson today. Daniel, who we heard last week, praying for the people of God. Remember how Daniel prayed. We have sinned. We have not listened to the prophets. We have not followed your commands. We have not loved you the way we should. We are unrighteous. Hear our prayer, not because of our righteousness, but because of your mercy. Daniel prayed on behalf of his people, and remember that by then, Daniel was an old man. He was carried off into exile to Babylon, not long after Hezekiah heard this word about the Babylonians coming to conquer It was, in fact, at this point in time that Cyrus had issued a decree that the people could go back and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Third year of the reign of King Cyrus, Daniel was an old man. There he was, still in exile. His people were back home rebuilding the temple, and he could have thought to himself, what's going to be is going to be. I've lived my life. I've run my course. I've been faithful. I've done what I was supposed to do. I fought Those lions, by being faithful and trusting in God, I resisted the tyrants. I stood up. I prayed. I was righteous. What will be will be. Let them suffer whatever is coming to them. Daniel could have said that. He could have been like Hezekiah. But he didn't. Instead, you heard how he reacted. When the vision came to him, and it was a vision of great conflict, Daniel mourned for three weeks. He fasted. He didn't eat any delicacies, no meat or wine for full three weeks. An old man in his 80s, not eating for three weeks. Why? Because he's terrified of what is coming on his people. A people he will not see. He's not going back to Jerusalem. A people who are in the future. He's terrified of what he sees coming on them. In fact, he says to the man who touched him, O oh Lord, by reason of the vision, Pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can I even speak? How can I speak when I have seen what is coming on my people, on God's people? It's an entirely different attitude towards the future, towards faithfulness, towards the commission that God has given to him. It's an entirely different attitude than Hezekiah. Oh, as long as I have peace, security, and security in my days. Oh, as long as I get to remain in comfort here in Persia. Whatever happens to them, that's their problem. Now, there are a lot of things in the book of Daniel that are hard to understand, and they're troubling because they are hard to understand. But what's notable about this vision that Daniel has, and we don't see a lot of detail of it, what's notable about this vision is that it was not hard for him to understand. He understood perfectly, and that is what was so troubling for him. He saw what was coming for his people. We'll see more of this next week in Daniel chapter 11. And so he was terrified. He was comforted by the man who came and touched him, the man who spoke to him. And that comfort is everything. That comfort is what he needed. It's an assurance not just for him, but for the future and for God's people. Listen again to the greeting that the man gives to Daniel. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, fear not for your prayers... He says, your prayers have been heard. Because of your words before God, I am here to tell you what is going to happen. And what Daniel is going to do with that information is a little unclear. What is he supposed to do? How can he help? How can he do anything for the future? Why has this man come to him to tell him what is going to happen? Well, I think it's very simple. It's because when a man like Daniel, in his old age, continues to faithfully pray for the future for God's people, for people he will never see, for people he will never know when a man like that is active in prayer. His prayers avail much. The prayers of a righteous man avail much. And so the word comes to Daniel in order that he might continue to pray. Now there are some perplexing things in this lesson. The man said to Daniel, "'Look, the prince of Persia has withstood me for 21 days.'" But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia. What's being described to Daniel is something that's going on in the background. Something supernatural, something transcendent. So if Daniel were to look with his eyes and the people of Israel were to look with their eyes, what they would see is a history of kingdoms. The Babylonians conquered. Then the Greeks come in and the Persians and then the Romans. All of these kingdoms, all of these nations with armies and soldiers and might. That's what they would see with their eyes. But this man says to Daniel that there is something happening in the heavens. A conflict that parallels this conflict on earth. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. That's not a man. That's some sort of angelic, supernatural being. Some otherworldly kind of a being. There's a war going on in heaven that parallels the war that is seen on earth. So when God's people are rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem, and they are opposed by all kinds of people, it's not just a conflict that is happening on earth, but a conflict that is occurring in heaven as well. And that is of great comfort to Daniel and should be of great comfort to God's people. For it is the Lord God himself and his angels who contend against the powers and the principalities, the, the princes of the air, the kingdoms that are above this world, that are beyond this world. It's God's angels who contend on behalf of God's people. Now, that's a terrifying vision. If Daniel gets a glimpse into this battle, it's a terrifying vision because there's far more than meets the eye. But the comfort persists. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Peace be with you. Do you recognize those words? Peace be with you. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give. I give peace that the world cannot understand. Those are the words of Jesus. Peace be with you. And that is how Daniel can be strong and of good courage. That's how he can carry on in the face of every temptation at this point to just sort of throw in the towel and be done with it peace in my day, that will be fine. I don't have to go home. I don't have to fight these battles. I can close my eyes to the conflict, but he has a better peace. He has a peace that comes from Jesus himself. If you read the book of Revelation, you'll see this character, this man, with legs of burnished bronze and eyes like flaming torches, his body like beryl, and his face like the appearance of lightning, you'll see that man appear in Revelation. And it's the Son of God. It's Jesus himself the one who has conquered by his blood, the one who has fought for his people with his own life. And that is where Daniel's comfort comes from. The lesson for us in all of this is to strive not to be like Hezekiah, not to throw in the towel, not to be done, not to be satisfied with what we have, but to care enough about the future of God's people So that as Daniel sees this vision, he's sapped of strength. Imagine that, caring enough about the future of God's people so that when you see the trouble that might be coming, you would be sapped of strength and all that's left is for you to pray and plead and to fast and mourn, to care enough so that your only source of comfort is what God promises and not the peace and security that you provided for yourself. If only we could think of the future in that way. If only we could think of God's people in that way, generations yet unknown, a people of God that we will never meet, that we will never see, yet for whom we can pray, for whom we can fight even now, by being faithful, by looking for hope that comes from God and not hope in earthly things. That's where Daniel receives his commendation. "O man, greatly loved. O man greatly loved, peace be with you. Peace. Be with you set your hearts and minds on these things the battle is fierce and if you use your eyes you can see how fierce the battle is in our world you don't have to see into the heavens you don't have to see supernatural things to see how the devil is waging war against god's church but you have this charge O people greatly loved peace be with you it's your savior who fights for you it's the angels and the archangels it's gabriel and michael and all the rest who fight on your behalf. And so you can be busy in prayer, diligent in faithfulness to the scriptures and God's word, hoping in the blood of Jesus and in the resurrection of the dead. And in doing all of that, you will be faithful like Daniel. You'll be hoping for a future yet unknown, and you'll see one day, we're going to hear this at the end of the book of Daniel, you'll see one day the reward for all of your labors. It's a glorious task that God has given to us. Our task is not that unlike Daniel. It is not unlike Daniel's task. We should be busy in all of this now and praise God that he's counted us worthy. That he's counted us worthy to fight in this this war. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.